Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. here so you know what welcome again here folks to another episode of uh two guys league and guest uh better known as two galag uh, we got some special guests with us here today we got alan and matt from the five hole uh fantasy hockey podcast they're part of the taxi squad gentlemen welcome to two galag and thanks for uh, accepting the invite today really appreciate it yeah no thanks for having us yeah i appreciate it fellas looking forward to talking some puck so, of course, we're going to go over our uh, our regular segments here. We got a round of board. Start things off. We'll get into check my fanny and give you guys a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, news on the CFHL, our uh, fantasy league, and of course, we'll finish things off as usual with uh, Beauties and the Beast. So, around the boards, lots of meat on the bone this week. Uh, yeah. We got some guests in here. So, you know what, Marty? I'm just going to start this right off here, and I'm going to throw this to everyone. For me, that. In the Metro division, there's been some kind of silliness going on. And what I mean by that, guys, is when you get down to the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Rangers, and the New Jersey Devils, two of those teams are pretty much kind of where we would expect them in the Hurricanes and the Rangers here. Uh, The Devils may be languishing behind a little bit. uh, And it links up to my question here for you guys. What in God's name is going on with all these teams' goaltending? Like you have some great teams here, yeah, and even some great goaltenders goal too. There oh, are dude, some in the mix, inclu- there. including Igor Shosturkin, who I have in the hockey pool. It is just not going well at all, fellas. What are your thoughts on this, man? Like Matt, Allen, Marty, I'll throw this to you guys, and let's get into it. Oh, I feel like the Canes are pretty easy, right? They signed two guys again for a year. Uh, who yeah. were certified Band-Aid boys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 100%. What did yeah. they think was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> the most logical thing that happened ended up happening they're, for, they're for that team. Perfect. And thoughts and prayers on the Shesty draft. I mean, people thought that was money in the bank. I'm sure yourself oh my included God. in. Like, that has just turned out to be an absolute nightmare. I mean, Jonathan Quick at least is, mm. is salvaging their net, you know, when he's really dropped the ball. But, I mean, the danger, I think, with Quick is uh, exactly what happened to Talbot which is you got yeah. enough burn, but like you can only smash that golden mushroom so many times before you like you run out of steam. And that's exactly what happened with Talbot. He's got a pretty good break and maybe he'll come back to it. But Quick's really given Shesterkin a bit of a, a breather here to like find his game because the Rangers kind of have everything else. True. But they are just so shaky back there right now that, you know, they just, that division's way, way, way too competitive. And and to me, what's kind of even more concerning, in particular about Shesterkin, I mean, obviously a little bit biased here. I keep a bit of a closer eye on him. I have him on the team. But the Rangers themselves, the team itself, is not really playing horrible. They've actually played no. quite well over the course of the year. It really comes down to Shesti. I mean, he's he really himself, his personal performances have just not been up to snuff. And I mean... You know, I, I wrote this in my uh, my piece this week over at the uh, the goalie post. I, I mean, thank God for Quick because he he like Matty says he's definitely giving Shesterkin quite a breather. Like I mean, this is this isn't just a a quick little thing here. He he's really spelled uh, Shesterkin to, to you know to the point of the first half of the year in, in all in all reality. So it I don't and know. I think we it, need it, to. Just, uh... 
Sorry to interrupt you, but I think we need to appreciate how bad Shesterkin's been really over this last stretch. Like since the beginning of January, I mean, at even strength, he's got an 877. Like this is like basement of the league save percentage. Like it's just, it's not that he's just letting a few in. He's just been consistently below average. Exactly. Um, Certainly for his expectations, let alone even just like a league average goalie. Well, I also wonder if that's maybe, isn't this Laviolette's first season? I almost wonder if it's maybe a systemic issue. That's not a bad suggestion at all. And in my opinion, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit there because Laviolette necessarily, like great coach, obviously, you know, he's got the pedigree and everything. But when you come in and you reset the system, like we're saying, the rest of the team doing New York things, right? Like very typical, you know, the point production is there. They're actually second only by one goals for uh, to Carolina in terms of that division. Um, but is it coming at a price where you had an elite goalie last year who's playing subpar, like well below average? So this actually kind of segues into my question where there's these aren't the only teams, but there's a couple of goalies out there. But is, is New York in the position to actually do something? Do you actually bother going? Because, like, you know, you got Quick, who's doing great. Is that sustainable? Is Do you put trust in Quick down the stretch? Because when you don't have Quick, you flip it. And, <laughs> I mean, yes, in theory, you're Wish to Sturkin, but are you really that much better? So where's what do you do from a management position? Do you consider maybe a Gibson and Allen or Markstrom of flurry maybe even, or do you not bother going down that road and just hope the system comes together for your goaltender? I think they're pot committed. This is just me personally, but I think they're pot committed to, to Shesterkin. Um, Quick's giving them more than I think they could have bargained for in that spot. And you just at some point have to ride with who got you there. And yeah. if you've paid, you know, Shesterkin has shown his ceiling and this is certainly looking like some of his floor. But I think that it, when you're in that spot as a team, you just have to ride with it and hope he finds his game. I mean, that's what they ultimately get paid to do, right? And True. we're certainly seeing the ebb in his game. And <laughs> They're hoping for some more flow. Well, and also, I, I think some of these teams that have the goalies available, they don't want to retain anything. So now, yeah. how do you yep. cash in, cash out on that? That's a good. Just point. Uh, just for a one B. Yeah, exactly. And and it's funny that you mentioned that, Alan. I was reading an article today in regards to the New Jersey Devils and uh, Markstrom, and apparently, as per uh, Elliot Friedman, it certainly sounds like these guys were just about ready yeah. to pull the trigger. I heard but that. Yeah. From, but from what I understand, Calgary it. And, and this is basically with any of their trades. Um, they don't like re- uh, retaining any salary, period. <laughs> like for anything, a- any trade that they've made over the past few years, go back and look at it. I I, th- I believe Elliot mentioned one trade, and I wish I could remember the player that was involved. But I, from what I understand, that's really what it came down to when it uh, with between New Jersey and, and the Flames. I, I, I don't know. I, I still think that that's quite a possibility. Um you know, I, I think that that's a pretty good fit. The other one that I think kind of fits a little bit here, uh, Marty and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago as well, is UC Saros out in Nashville. Um, I mean, this guy's got a $5 million contract that can be, you know, that can be massaged into just just about any team that, that needs that goaltender. Um, and, and when it comes to Markstrom and Saros, really for both of them and linking them up to New Jersey, uh, it certainly lines up with the contention window for both goaltenders as well. I know that, uh, Marty, I can't remember um, Saros. I know that Markstrom's got another two years at $6 million after this year. Uh, so, you know, you got to 
you'll have to play around with the dollars a little bit there if you're the, the Devils. Yeah. Um, I know that Saros is a, l- a little bit less at five million. The only question I have there is for how, what kind of term is left on that. One year left um, after this year. But, okay. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's such a, you know, we were talking about a melting pot earlier. This is definitely a huge melting pot right now with, you know, the, the goaltenders that are available, the teams that need these goaltenders. I think it's just a matter of if somebody wants to step up to the plate and kind of, you know, try and hit a home run here and, and, and hit it out of the park, but well, in um, ho hum on the side, Calgary's winning games. Yeah, they're, they're, and they're not going to mix, right? I mean, exactly. I agree. I think they move Markstrom because I think there's a perfect storm of things coming together that means yeah. organizationally they have to. I think yeah. first and foremost, Conroy taking over that position and being done with being a bit of a laughing stock in terms of the trade side of things. I think they have some pretty set principles in what they're doing yeah. and they're mm-hmm. sticking with them. Um, I like the move they made with Lindholm in terms of their side as yep. well too. get out in front early. They moved his door off yep. really early and set the, the price and the market in that area. So I like what they've done. Um, this to me feels like Wolf really ascending now to the point where like next year, it's like, he's kind of got to be on this team and you know, do you, if, if that's the case, if you wait too long to move Markstrom, and I don't necessarily know he moves at the deadline, but certainly I think in the off season, because otherwise other teams are going to understand what you're trying to do there. And you're not going to get the return on Markstrom, I think, that you need. And I believe the same thing's happening in Nashville. It's Askarov, right? The, yeah, the, the, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Again, like elite prospect. They've gotten almost all of the run that they would have gotten out of Soros. And if you can move him to a contender, like what does Nashville really need coming back? Right. They need depth scoring. Yeah. Right. They need to just restock that farm a little bit. And so I, I don't know how you sell that organizationally, but that's a big asset that has to move. And, and and that's another thing Marty and I touched on a couple of weeks ago too. And and I'm definitely a firm believer that the Nashville Predators and, and, you know, by association here I, I would agree that the same thing should have to happen in calgary i think you move these guys now i mean you have a two goaltenders one at five million one at six million i mean look guys we we know the going rate for a goaltender these days you're looking at hellebuck at 8.5 i think if i'm not mistaken you know you still have vasilevsky at nine or nine five uh Bobrovsky's at 10 um so you know we know what these elite goaltenders are costing you. And if I'm the New Jersey Devils, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald and I'm sitting there, I mean, you know, I I wrote about it a little bit as well that he's obviously going to feel a little bit of pressure here. I mean, New Jersey had a phenomenal year last year. You know, they they come into the the preseason, um, uh, have an undefeated preseason. I think they won their first like six games of the year or seven games, eight games of the year. Like things were just clicking. And then all of a sudden, here we are, with the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils kind of, you know, fighting, scratching and clawing here for their their lives in regards to a wild card spot. I I just think, and, and I think he needs to kind of make that move like yesterday. Like, again, you probably, I'm a big fan of these GMs getting out in front of it. Um, you know, I remember a few years back, uh, Brian Burke mentioning this, like he would always try to get his stuff done early. And I think that that is exactly the way you go, especially if you're that contending team. You know, Vancouver, I thought they did a phenomenal job, and you alluded to it, uh, Matt, in regards to Lindholm. Get it. Hey, everybody else in their dog wanted that guy, and he's exactly what Vancouver needed. So go out, get it, get the job done. What's our first-round pick going to be anyway? 25 or later? Right. Let's go. Like, Don't let's, let somebody let's... else set your market. 
Exactly. If you're in the market for an elite goaltender, then don't let somebody else put a ceiling or a floor on that before you do. You got so, it. Um, and I think there's a big opportunity cost argument there as well, which in like, if you're making, if you're making that move, you're making a push for this year. And if you're making a push for this year, you want to be better as early as you could possibly be. Yeah. You've obviously identified these assets that you're willing to part ways with. So waiting until the absolute last possible day that you could make your team better is a really questionable strategy. If I was say an owner and a GM came to me, I've already agreed. I'm going to sign the check you're going to ask me for. So now it's just a question of timing. And I have questions about your timing. No, I, I fully agree because you want to be able to acclimatize that player. And let's face it. I mean, if we're talking to goaltender here, guys, we know how, how this usually goes, right? It's not exactly uh, uh, banner stats that the, that these guys end up with when they move to their new teams. you got a whole new defensive core that you need to kind of gel with here. Again, we're talking about systems. You're getting into a new system now. So, again, I fully agree, Maddie. I mean, you want to get this done as early as you possibly can just to get ahead, get out in front of it, not letting anybody kind of dictate how or or, or where you're going to go, so to speak. You know, just take care of business and, and, and get out in front of it. Get that taken care of. Get everybody acclimatized, you know. Like, get it, get these guys in here a month early, so to speak. It, it just, to me, it just makes sense, but... As strong a point I, I as that know. is in terms of not wanting to wait too long and all that kind of stuff, what do you think is going on with New Jersey then? What See, I speaking of Jersey, I bet they wish they still had Blackwood given what he's oh. done on that terrible San Jose team. That's yeah. a very nice point, actually. That's it's strong, but at this point now, right? Like, you don't have him. So, what's the reality right. for Dawes New Jersey? Is their best goalie right now of the three, Dawes. like Dawes has yeah. the best stats between the three of them, which but is not I saying mean, much. And if well, yeah, considering where they were coming out of the playoffs last year, they didn't get yeah. the result they want, obviously, but they went a bit deeper, I think, than everybody expected. And sure. Schmid played great, and they needed Vanacek down the stretch. So you'd think this team's coming in humming, and it's the every wheel has fallen off that wagon. Yeah. And they're doing their best to put it back together. But I don't know how you make the argument for not making that move if you're um, the devil's you know and that's upwards of a month and ago. that's the thing like now at this point they're they're in 10th spot granted a, right. a couple of games in hand it, i don't but i don't think that really matters if you look at their overall season it's got disappointment written all over by now and that's why i'm saying like you make great points suggesting that they should you know do something early get ahead of it but this is not Especially, early uh, anymore dougie's cap hits ltir right like they have uh, they've they had the that money. in their back pocket for like two months and yet like, Fitzgerald somehow news. goes out and gets a brand new contract. Don't you find that a bit odd? I thought that was a bit odd, the timing of all this, because clearly the goaltending situation is absolutely destroying the hopes of this season. And yet there's no rational explanation for it. And yet here we are, they're, they're what, 50 games in. So beyond the halfway mark, they're hopefully going to do what then? What is the plan? I don't have a clue as to what the plan is at this point, other than missing the playoffs. And and the other thing that really got your goat too, Marty, was the uh, Timo Meyer contract as well. Oh. That just is not going very well no. whatsoever. But that might be hindsight. A casualty of his own ex of his past performance. Yeah, I think anybody expecting yeah. him to be the Timo Meyer on San Jose, um, for sure, probably had some rose-colored glasses on. He doesn't need to be that player there. But uh, his deployment has just—I mean, we're talking third line, yeah, second yeah, line, and the injuries brutal. have been bad this year too. He yep. he just not that any of them have been uh, catastrophic. It's just he's never been able to get into a rhythm at all, yeah. and and it's something else sideline. It's like the Svech experience. 
only apparently now it's Timo Meyer. Yeah. So, so we've spilled a lot of ink here on New Jersey Devils on goaltending and so on and so forth. Huh. There, there's a question that I have to put to Matt and Alan here. It, it's it's something that Marty and I have talked about at length, uh, both player that I'm about to mention and the team itself and where they should go with everything. But leading up to this year's deadline, if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, are you trading Jake Gensel? <laughs> Alan's reaction. <laughs> oh, that well, that one's floated around a lot. I, I almost see him as an own rental, but it would just really suck to lose him for nothing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing organizationally to lose him for nothing. They can't afford because they're already on this extended victory lap. This, this farewell tour that's taking two, yeah. three years with this core and that's fine. But Gensel's not a part of that. Gensel is much younger than that core and, and yeah. represents, you would think a bit of a future for that team, but I think they are, they are driving uh, without their headlights on. Everything right now for them is just what is right in front of my face. It's this year. It's this next game, this next month. Like present success is all that matters to that team. So I could see them maybe mortgaging something to continue to stay relevant. I just don't see Dubas coming in in year one with that core where they are and just deciding to start rebuilding. Like to me, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, you're right. You don't go out and bring Dubas in to start a rebuild necessarily. You do what he did. And by all rights... They're just not where they're supposed... They, I mean, they, Carlson's been terrible. We we talked about this on the pod the other day. Like, Crosby has been awesome. Oh, yeah. Whatever you thought Sid was going to do this year, he has done more. Yep. And yeah. I would say um, from that point, you've got average Gensel performance. Maybe a touch below, but for the most part, you're getting what you want. Shots, power yep. play, points, goals. Right? When he's in, he does those things. Other than a middling performance from Balkan, yeah. everyone else on that team is forgettable, yep. in including 65. And there's no way on earth when they thought bringing him in, they would be in 10th, 50 no. games in. No. So, I mean, I just don't know how much of a playbook they, they truly had for this. But pool party. They got pool party now. Well, so I mean, it's, uh, it's playing season salvaged. Yeah, there's a lot of letdowns for sure. Ricardo Raquel, who last year played very well. I want to say he got something like 60, maybe even 30 goals last season. He's at five right now. Uh, I know some injuries sort of hurt Brian Russ, but, you know, having a pretty decent year, 29 out of 36. But still, again, these are not numbers that are going to get this team necessarily into the playoffs because these aren't the players that are supposed to get you there. The ones that are supposed to get you there, aside from Crosby, like you mentioned, nobody else is really picking up the slack. And it took forever, forever for Jari to get his act together. And that's, I believe, two years in a row. He did the same thing last year where he was really slow out of the gates, but then, you know, became very reliable. But then I think he... And so Jekyll and Hyde. It, exactly. Th this whole year. Oh, I mean, the guy leads the league with shutouts. Yeah. Would, I mean, if I, anybody I, outside of a box score watcher put the hand up and say weird. he's leading the league in donuts, and you're like, Tristan Jarre, of course. Yeah, of course. He's got the I, same I, amount of shutouts as Sorokin, Shesterkin, and, oh, shit, there was a third other... Uh, Ottinger combined. Ottinger, okay. Yeah. Wow. It's it's such a it's just such a weird year for him. Like I was just about to say it too. Like it is an absolute roller coaster with that goaltender. Like obviously Scott's got him in our uh, our pool, and I'll tell you what. Like I don't I don't know how I don't know how you could do it, man. Like it's just it. Like you say, it is so Jekyll and Hyde. You have no idea what you're gonna get. You just and click I mean, and pray. <laughs> and, and just to give it. you a little, and to give you a little context, boys. Like we have a weekly pool, right? Like we're not daily. So we're not bringing guys in every day. Like we'll dress them at the start of the week and that's what we got. Right. So 
you put that guy Jerry in there, it is like, okay, like, you know, buckle in, what kind of ride are we going to be taking this week? You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it, with that team, it just, it's so, it's, it, it, it is so Jekyll and Hyde with the whole team. Like, not even it, to just, me, it's the even... power play. Like, I mean, oh. they're 30th in the league. Oh. You can't sugarcoat I'm any sorry. of that. They're not going anywhere with a 30th ranked power play. No. Not to mention, it's a hall of, it's a, it's a four of the five guys are hall of famers. Yeah. It, it's weird. And, and, and it's all Mark. And Marty, you remember we talked about this too at the start of the year. I mean, we saw what happened whenever Carlson went over to San Jose and Burns was still there. That yeah. Was an absolute mess. Yeah, it was. And, and and we kind of said the same thing as he was heading over to Pittsburgh. It's like you're you're going to be setting shop right up beside Latang. Like, how is this going to go? And well, you might have your going off, um, going off of trends. You we might be heading off into a different category. If if there's any truth to what you're talking about, Mike, Latang got injured today in practice. So so maybe we discover something here. Maybe all of a sudden this the power play starts to click and you see a different oh, team going down. So for Pittsburgh. Yes, not so much for Latang or Latang owners out there. However, this maybe if there's any truth to what you're saying, Mike, then maybe this is an opportunity for 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 us to see if there's any truth to your theory, which again, I, I'm not suggesting you're wrong because I do feel like you're actually right because too many stars can sometimes get pretty crowded in there. Um and everyone's just trying to pass the puck instead of doing what they're there to do, right? So who knows? Maybe this will be something. And sorry, just the other thing I wanted to mention too is Vanacek is also hurt. So the Devils, in terms of their goalie, we were talking about earlier, there's something there. Nico Dawes is going to play today. They've just called up uh, Akira Schmid back. So now there's a little bit of interesting things happening there. What happened there? Okay, we're good. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So injuries are starting to play a role, I think, in what's about to start to get unraveled. And some of the things we're talking about, we're like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on there? I, it's about to get a lot more interesting now. <laughs> I wonder too with that if if there is any sustained you know injury for um for Latang, yeah. what that does for that power play spot because we just talked about the, the mm -hmm. roulette wheel of people Rust, um, uh, which we call it Raquel. There's yeah. been three or four guys that have all had a shot up there. Not one person has stuck. So it's probably just the epitome of their season right so now. So they're doing for now, anyways. At least according to Daily Faceoff, they're going Smith, Crosby, Rust, Latang, and Gunsel. So they'll put, oh, that's interesting. So I think maybe Carlson moves up and yeah, Rust so might stay Carlson will go up probably where Latang is and then just move someone else in that spot. Where's Malkin? Oh, he is on the second power play. Wow. Dang, I was just about to jokingly say, pull Malkin. Like, what's yeah. he done this season? Well, that's a, yeah, exactly. Like, and he played really well last year. But this year, like we were mentioning, slow out of the gate, kind of inconsistent. I think last year, I mean, not to try and suggest anything, but it, I think last year was the last year of the Malkin that we're used to that I think this is the end of it for him. Where, what was it? He's got maybe two more years, I think, on his contract that he signed and or maybe three. So regardless, I think it's a slow slope. Whereas with Crosby, like I just... Man, I don't get it. He's doing everything right still. Like, he is still absolutely an elite player and a leader for this club. Still putting up points. Is he at 28 goals right now? He is at 28 goals, 52 points. Like, kid, it, Sid the Kid is something else, man. I, I guess maybe we should stop talk, calling him that. But um, it's pretty impressive what he's able to do for this team, essentially keeping them relatively afloat. I know they're on the outside looking in, but still, if there's a hope in hell, it's because Crosby's been able to do what he does.
I mean, I'm I'm looking at uh, cap friendly here, and uh, uh, I mean, you got Brian Rust for another five years, Ricard Raquel for another five years, Chris Letang oh, signed for another five. four years after this one. Ryan Graves is signed until it looks like infinity. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he, he's signed up to and including twenty twenty nine and even further. I mean, Malcolm's got another two years after two years this. Ago. You just got to eat. eat, eat. Wow. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I have to wonder where the thinking was i mean obviously you know dubas comes in and you know it's a case where they're gonna you know bring the band back that's obviously what they did like wholeheartedly but man like i just like this team is gonna be in a world a world of hurt and if it hasn't already started which personally i think it has yeah i mean this is this is gonna get really really bad in a hurry i mean you've got some looks like it's long yeah Already, I mean, I, I, Brian Rust is the fourth and only four members of the over ten goal club on that team. So, just... like, it's just a power outage across the board, top to bottom, save for Sid. That's yeah. literally it. Yeah. Now that actually kind of brings me back into uh, we're going to keep this train moving a little bit. In terms of, do you, would you consider Pittsburgh a buyer or a seller? Quick, nice and easy question. What do you do here? If you're Cal Dubas. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I fence it this one real hard? Yeah. <laughs> Before they were there. I mean, I, I personally believe they have they have to buy. I think they understand the fragility of the window that they have here. And optically, it would be terrible if, if they were net sellers. So personally, I don't know if buying is going to get them the bump they need. Because I just don't know if there's enough there. But I believe they're 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 going to be a net acquirer i would say but who who do they buy though that that really gets them what they need though another goal scorer i don't know how many of those oh gensel gensel's on the market right (laughs) don't they have him (laughs) and that's the problem with pittsburgh right because yes you do want to go out and you want to continue to like see this plan through 100 percent. if you're kyle dubas that's what you want to do it's kind of what you have to do in order to save your ass however who are you trading and like you said, Alan, for who? For what? What is going to actually fix this? Because it's not necessarily a goalie. Jari, yes, he's up and down, but at least he's giving you... His numbers are actually not that terrible. Uh, 244, 916, and like you said, six shutouts. They're not terrible, just inconsistent. That's fine. You can kind of live it inconsistent so long as you're putting the puck in the back of the net, which they're not really doing. Uh, goals per game is sitting at 25th as well. So, Alan, nail on the head. You've got to go out and get some goal scores. But what can you actually realistically give up? You, you can't give up Gunsel to get another Gunsel. I really Gunsel. thought they were going to be on uh, Kuzmenko. Oh. And, and it's, it, you know wow. what, Alan? It's really funny that you mentioned that because, and, you know, I, I we were going to get into it Missed a little bit later on, but we'll get right into it now. I mean, he he changes the the vibe in the room. Like, I'm sorry, but you know, ever since he's gotten over to Calgary, I mean, Huberto has learned how to score yeah. again. So, I, I I just I you know, wow, they're they're wow. they're those type of guys. Like, obviously, I mean, obviously, he was wasn't the the main piece that Calgary wanted back. I would have to say probably that first round pick is probably the the, the little gem, if you will. But I'm going to tell you, I, I, you know, I saw it a little bit in Vancouver. Obviously, when Tockett comes in, I think Tockett's system, you know, works a little bit differently around Kuzmenko, and maybe that didn't jive as well. 
But what he still offered in Vancouver, he is definitely offering again in in Calgary, and it's just a, a um, it, it's a it's a light heartedness. Like he, he doesn't even seem to take himself too seriously. Keeps the boys loose. It seems so. You know what? I I, I gotta say that might have been an actually pretty good pickup uh, if if Pittsburgh would have been able to get him. I mean, the guy can actually put you know put the puck in the net. He can he can bury a few here. So tickle the twine a tad, but. I I gotta say that might have been that might have been one of those things that actually made some sort of a difference, and that's why I'm I'm even digging this deep into it. I mean, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of the intangible, so to speak, and the guy can actually bury the puck too. So, you know what? That might have been that that might have been something that the the Pens could have really looked at. That actually would because I mean, look, you can go ahead and you can get that third line guy if you want, and 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 granted, some of these guys can actually you know, help your team and make it a difference uh, over the course of the stretch running into the playoffs. But I mean, like Marty, you know, Marty, like you're saying, and Alan, you alluded to it, you know, some goal scoring would be nice just to kind of alleviate maybe a little bit of pressure off of a, a Malkin or, or maybe a Gensel or, I mean, I know Rust isn't having a, you know, a super banner year, but uh, you know, he, he, now he doesn't have to come up with, you know, uh, 20 goals a year, so to speak. So yeah, that that might have been actually a pretty good pickup right there for sure. I think the only other way that they would approach that organizationally would just be, you know, fellas, the solutions in the room here. Look, we've built the roster that we wanted to build. We believe in the people that are here. If anything, maybe it's a conversation about message and the coach. That was going to be my next question. Of an expiration date. That's right, because sooner or later, like again, if you're if you're Dubis, if I'm running that show, at some point, I have most of what I want in the team there i only get to pick the ingredients right like you got to make it work and if i have a lot of what i want in that roster i start to look maybe a little bit harder uh, certainly at my own process for for who's there i'd start to look really hard at what's the message and is it being received so at this so stage do you-, do you consider axing sullivan at this late that's what I mean. Like it's really I know. Late. you should have done that two weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. For sure. It's yeah. really late. And again, it's also what's who's coming in to take his place that makes Jesus. it better. It kind of sounds right? like it's, we're it's, suggesting it's, this year might be lost. Like, you know, push hard. The thing but, is though, they can't afford for it. They if they if this year's lost, they gotta make it look like they tried really hard not to lose it. So what what does that look like <sighs> towards the deadline? That's what I'm saying. I don't think there's gonna just be uh Let's just play it out and see. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's Pittsburgh. And then that's a, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, no. I would no. That's fine. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, obviously, you're going into a situation where now everybody's a year older, right? Going into next year, so it's like, where, where, where is that excitement kind of coming from as you can continue to move forward with this group, right? Like, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how everything's play it plays out here at the end of the year, and we can kind of step back and say, okay either this you know they got to the playoffs maybe did a little damage or did they even make it and again like you're you're sitting there and you're like geez i don't know about this roster man like i mean moving forward here that they're you know nobody's getting any younger so so 
mo- no. like trying to consider everything that's happening in the East Coast because a lot of bubble teams are out in the East Coast. So I'm going to throw the same question out with a couple of the teams and try to get through this a little bit quicker. But I know Washington's and technically they're in the bubble. They're not that far off. I just don't see this making any sense for them to make any sort of push towards the playoffs. It's all about Ovi and getting that, you know, that overall goals record. That's what this season's about, which brings up an interesting question because Dylan Strom mean, means he's kind of available. And that's a goal scorer right there. He's on pace for 30 goals, 30 plus goals. So maybe that kind of actually, that might fit nicely into Pittsburgh. Again, some things might have to happen. What do you throw back towards Washington? I don't know that Washington would necessarily be looking for that much more, but maybe they can start a rebuild, but you don't look to Pittsburgh to start doing that. I was about to say, you really need, uh, you really need, I think Ovi's problem is you need to get him someone like a Backstrom, like someone to playmate. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe there's something interesting there, but I don't see them. I don't see them being buyers. I see them being sellers. Quite frankly, I don't think anyone's coming knocking either. Uh, New Jersey uh, buyers, right? I are we? Do we assume they're buyers? Or do we assume? I think just given the Hamilton really? situation, they have to be. Yeah. And we talked about how bad the net is. So, um, but yeah, they, they. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to have Dougie Hamilton, but they have nine million, nine and a half nine and million. A half, yeah, yeah. Nine and a half of that cap space and a pretty damn good roster. And Tony D'Angelo is available. Good. I, I mean, that sounds terrible. I know, but when was the last time he played? <laughs> good luck. Oh, I know. But he, he has done some things in his career where you can say, you look, this guy can do, he can produce some magic. Uh, he can bring some, 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 I'm not going to say wins, but he can bring some consistency to that lineup. I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just saying there are some players out there. Are there another? Oh, and if this is true, I'm going to be, Mike and I talked <clears throat> talked about this last week. I'd be pretty pissed off about this, but Chikrin apparently is available because he can't, his name came up again. I was looking, I was looking through some stuff and like, oh my God, of all the freaking people, it should be Shabbat who's available, but apparently it's Chikrin. Um, that would be another nice little piece as well. Actually, that'd probably make a little bit more sense than D'Angelo. Yeah. Which we said made no sense. No. It, the Chikrin piece kind of came up and it, we haven't, it hasn't been like overly substantiated no, to this point, exactly. but it's been out there a little while too. Yeah. And, and like we said, it's I am not that far removed from the Grandpa video and yeah. everybody having themselves, and it was the homecoming yep. and like the you whole deal. It. And we aren't even a calendar year away from exactly. that. Exactly, you can't do that to the kid, man. You can't do that to the fans either, because for as much as it was a great moment for him and his family, the fans just ate it up, and it was good for business. You can't turn heel on that moment, and that that would be really disrespectful to the fans and to the players. So. Um, all right, so well, that's New Jersey. What about the Islanders? <laughs> I like this iteration of the Islanders that scores goals instead of tries to stop True. them. But how many games of I- Patrick Waugh have we seen so far? What, two, three? Oh, no, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, anybody? And they're what? They're sitting right on the what? They're right on the bubble, right below, yeah, just right below there. Detroit with a ninth in the so East. So they, they struck at just the right time to yes. make, a, make a change there. Yeah. Well, the, the the one thing I, one thing I always find dangerous about a team like, like the Islanders. I mean, if they can, if they can find their way into the into the playoffs, it's it, it, it like we all know it, it's it it's that type of team where you don't want to play. You're gonna go through a series with these guys, and you are gonna be absolutely black and blue. Like, you get into you get into uh, what is it UBS Arena? That thing is absolutely rocking. During the playoffs now, actually, and if, if if like I mean if if Roy can figure a way to kind of get these guys in there, 
Yeah, like he and brings I, the juice. I, oh yeah, I, I, he's that that kind of intangible. Yeah. that I think again, as Lou, right? This was the exact thing we just talked about. This is Lou stepping back and saying, "I have the ingredients I need here for most of the ah, team, if not the team I want." But the message and the output, the throughput from that message is not That's jiving. And so he brought in a guy with juice that can bring a different message to the roster that he wants. The thing that's in the Islanders' favor is, like, they're fourth in the Metro for sure. But sitting right above them is Philly. And I know there's, like, six points yeah. between them. But I don't think we can look at Philly the same way now in terms of their depth. I mean, they might still do it, but it's going to be a lot harder for them to do it. And I would say... Odds are good. They kind of pull back a little bit and the Islanders are poised. They, it might be easier for them to, to make a push for that third position in, in the Metro. Um, Cause I'm sure the wildcards are going to be really competitive, but that might just be fortunate for mm -hmm. them. Seven games with Patrick last three, three and one, by the way. So that's where we're at right now. It's not, it's not great. It's not terrible. It's not enough of a sample size. So it kind of has to play out. So it's even makes it even harder to decide if there's a move, what move are we making? That's it. It's like, yeah, it's what another goal scorer. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, Barzal's been amazing this season. Yep. Um, Dobson's well, I, finally who yes. everyone thought he was going to be. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I, I think you probably add some depth scoring there. If you can find somebody who can maybe slide up and down that second and third line, Kind of add a little something there. I mean, like like I was saying, if this team can get to the playoffs, it's a physical team, yeah. And we all know what the playoffs are. Physicality is number one, and these guys are going to crash and bang all over the place, especially that fourth line. And Marty and I have said it since we started this podcast. I mean, hell, we started, said it before that too. But when you have a goaltender of uh, Sorokin's pedigree, like. All a goaltender needs to do is be hot for 10 days. And that series is one. So when you've got that type of a goaltender with that type of pedigree, or like, you know, we talked about Shesterkin earlier on, you, you know, regardless of, of, of the way he's played this year, when you are facing those types of goaltenders that can literally like stone you, like you could throw 50 shots at them and they can shut you out for that one game during the, like that's dangerous. Right. So, yeah. When it comes they're to gonna the need Islanders, it. they're really going to need it. They, they're one of the they've allowed one of the highest amounts of goals over the course of the year as well, too, which we said it's the double edged sword. They finally yeah. started scoring probably more of a systems issue. I don't play enough shell to really know all the different settings in terms <laughs> of uh, defensive schemes. But like suffice to say, they opened it up up front and it's costing them some out on the back end. And yeah, they're like bottom five, six in the league in terms of goals allowed. So which is really weird for an Islanders team. They are normally exactly. just, you know, Jennings trophy yes. kind of preseason exactly. every year. Yeah. Right. And instead we're getting the opposite. I'm just going to throw this out there. Enrique and Palmieri have actually played together. And I believe Enrique is actually on the market right now. So maybe that's something nice. He's great on the face off. He's, I think at 54%. So not necessarily a bad position for them to be in. Maybe go out and get something like that. They've worked magic before, so maybe this works for them. Um, last team on the bubble is Detroit. Is there a move? Two moves? No moves? Is the Iserman plan exactly what it's supposed to be and nothing happens? My opinion is Iserman's not going to do a thing. He's not going to do a damn thing. He's going to leave this alone. I think, he, I think he feels Detroit is exactly where they should be by now. 
and things are fine. If they make it to the playoffs, which it kind of looks like they, they at least have a solid chance with the roster they have now. I don't see anything flying off. Um, I think Huso is going to I think he's back now, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so he, I, I, so I think that's kind of like your your addition there. Like he's been out long enough that getting Huso back might be good so long as he refines his game. I know it hasn't been there all season, but maybe that little pause with the injury was what he needed. Who knows? But is there a move there for Detroit? So I was trying to think of like a defenseman. I mean, not not really. Um, like you said, Huso's coming back. Alex Lyon has just been yes. amazing. Um, he like we said on the pod, he's helped he helped save the Panthers season <laughs> last season. Um, it's gonna yeah. be an award for him. They're gonna call it the Lion Award. <clears throat> yeah, maybe up front. I yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, I think I have to agree with you, Marty. I think that Eiserman probably you know stays with what he's got right now if he can add and i think alan this is kind of where you were headed i mean if they can add any kind of like a depth defenseman or if they can add you know something with a little bit of punch um in regards to you know a third line maybe what i'm getting at here is maybe he gives up a third maybe he gives up a couple of thirds for some whatever it is i don't think it'll be small eiserman is well i don't think he's he's in a spot where he wants to start giving up for for Definitely not going to give up the first round. That's no. For sure. Maybe he gives up a second round if he can get some, something back with term that's going to be able to continue down the road here with something them. Valuable. But yeah, I mean, that's and, the Stevie and, and, style. <laughs> like it's it's never very much, but it turns out like to he's, be just an amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty good for that. So, I mean, I, 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 I'd say he sticks with what he's got. I don't think there's two. And I think you're right, Marty. I mean, Detroit's kind of right about where we would have expected them, I think. Yeah with where they are in their competitive window. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're in the fight. Uh, they're, they're in that second wild card, wild card spot right now, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, uh, if he can add a little bit without, again, the, the, the Stevie, the Stevie Y way, right. Trying to basically get something for nothing. If he can do that, I, I see him kind of making that move, but yeah. Um, or like I, the Corona trade that... in the off season they did yeah. last year, right? Like he he finds these yeah. little niches of value. Say yeah. I've, I've extracted eighty percent of this player's usable value, and there's still three years left on his term, so I'm going to try Good to move point. him. And yeah, like it, it was. Uh, I really thought that was an interesting trade. I mean, Corona's done really well for Vancouver, um, so I think it's worked out for both sides. But I think they're going to stay just where they are. They made their splash earlier. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so West Coast, LA, St. Louis, Nashville, Calgary, Seattle, and Mini. They're all on the bubble. By all rights, I don't know that Mini is necessarily in the right place to be doing anything. If I see them being more sellers than anything else, they're they're just too far back. Um, Seattle should probably be buyers. They should probably be looking at doing something, especially given the success they had last year. Where goals they need goals, more goal yeah. scoring yeah they they need someone up front yeah. who's more than a 55 60 point guy big time yeah <laughs> especially with the found money in decord this year yes big time right that oh my been god giving him a chance in a year where he really stepped up absolutely yeah uh calgary i know we talked about this a little bit earlier so but did we land on them being buyers or sellers they they may try to go addition by subtraction. I mean, like they already done them with Lindholm there. Yeah, and Kuzmenko yeah. coming in and I, giving them a new uh, new life. So yeah, that kind of worked out in their favor big time. I think that was the right call, no I matter what. And I think Nashville's in the same boat as kind of Calgary. Yeah. I mean, I I just I foresee them being you know leaning more towards a seller, and I just think you can, you know, man, managing your like I don't know. I mean, 
I know it's a little bit different in in real life as compared to the our, our fantasy pools and stuff like that. But I've always been a big proponent of, of managing my assets. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm I'm two two and a half games out from first place in the league right now. If I fall any further, humble brag, you know, a well couple done. weeks before the debt, <laughs> a couple a couple weeks before the deadline, like I'm, you know. I, I don't want to give anybody up for free, right? No. So I, I kind of foresee I, I would I see the same thing when it comes to these teams. Like, I mean, sure, we we and Marty and I have said it, like we'd love to keep UC Saros in Nashville. I'm sure the Nashville fan base would love to keep him too. For sure. Like it's all well and good. But Jesus Christ, the haul you'd be able to get for that goaltender. Yeah. You're getting two playoffs out of him at five million bucks. Oh, like I don't know and, what else and I, the I, usable I, I, life. You know, you're getting, you've gotten the best performance, 80, 90% of the best performance out of that player over the usable yep. life of his contracts. Good and call. somebody's going to give you way more than they're probably going to get for that True. player. So, yep. but the difficult, we've, we talked about this all the time. It's really hard to sell a winner and it's really hard to sell a strong player like that. We see lots of GMs that just hold on way too long and they end up seeing yep. either players walk or they get, you know, pennies on the dollar for something that doesn't really help mm. you. And I just foresee those those meeting rooms and there's just like overlapping bubbles of all these players and their windows, right? And where like you have the most number of things overlapping, like that's your opportunity. And maybe based on how your team, like we use Detroit as an example, maybe the most amount of bubbles overlap in like 25, 26. And it's like, what can we do this year and heading into next year? Because we know the meat of our window based on how we've built this team starts to open up next year and we feel really good about the next two years now obviously you're projecting but still you know i I honestly believe organizationally you have to where i think if if they understand that about other organ you can you can pick off people who are really good players and they might even have really good value but they don't quite fit what that club's trying to do true now it's kind of funny that we we talk about this because leading into the next team st louis yeah like we're we're always talking about you know a, a GM who kind of sits on their hands and and kind of doesn't do anything. Well, that's not Doug Armstrong. <laughs> I mean, this guy it, it, he's willing to make things happen in the middle of a season. Um, I mean, hella. If I'm not mistaken, the year they won the cup in 2019, I I want to say was there not some sort of a bold trade that he made? And, and irregardless, it whether it was that year or whether it was in a subsequent year, this guy has made moves in the middle of a season, regardless of where his team kind of is, like, you know, scratching, clawing for a wild card. Hey, listen, if it makes sense for our team moving forward to get better, he, again, uh, you know, addition, addition by sub, uh, subtraction, he's willing to do that and has done it before. So, I mean, St. Louis is a bit of a wild card for me. You never really know what's going to go on with uh with Armstrong and how he's going to view uh, his team and, and how they're playing. Um, so that, to me, that's definitely going to be a wild card and interesting one there. And Ale, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't know how comfortable you can feel with that goaltending. Oh, not comfortable. I mean, Cam Talbot, yeah. enough said. I mean, David Riddick is on one hell of a run, but it's David Riddick. <laughs> like, big, big save Dave. Like, don't get me Wheels wrong. Wheels are starting to wobble. Yeah. They will. Hey, man, he shut out. Uh, Edmonton when the it mattered yeah. most to me last he, week. Thanks for bringing he that did. up. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Thanks for bringing it up. I picked. I picked Talbot first round in the midseason for Christ's yeah. sake. Like I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I mean, 
a couple teams in LA and St. Louis, a bit of a wild card there. Not really sure how that's all going to play out. Well, I feel they're going in opposite I mean, directions too, right? Like LA is just continuing to crash. Whereas ever since they fired Barube, St. Louis has just been up and up and up and up. Going By the, the way, that trade you're referring yeah. to, Mike, was for Ryan O'Reilly, which obviously made a big difference. This is the same sort of blueprint as to what happened in 2019. Some people are already making comparisons to that team. So it's it's fair to suggest a move is coming down to St. Louis. It's, the only question is what? What kind of move? Who is it for? Wow. Is it Jake Gunsel? They're a team that won. Yeah, they're a team that we've been watching just because there's streamer gold on that team. There has been all year long outside of like a couple of players, the whole team's available and they got a beauty schedule down the yes. stretch. So we've been, we've been kind of hyping up a few St. Louis players saying, listen, like you might not want to be married to this player, <laughs> but before you drop this player only to want to pick them up for the next three weeks after a, you know, a, a one week gap, you might want to make a different decision. Yep. Like when you're three, four weeks out, they got a good looking schedule down the stretch. They do. So like, a, like a guy that could be on the move here too. I've heard his name throughout, uh, uh, throughout the trade chatter, but it's also a guy that, again, you're talking about streaming uh, streaming gold uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues is Pavel Bushnevich. Yeah, I mean, this guy is... Uh, look, I, I'm not saying you're getting a guy here that's going to be a point per game or, uh, you know, he's, he's not in your McKinnons or any of that stuff here either, but boy, oh boy, he's been big time serviceable this year for, for general managers, that's for sure. And I mean, to a certain extent, even Jordan Cairo, I mean, through whether that's, you know getting him off the waiver wire when the guy was kind of doing nothing or whether you got him through trade. I mean, he was certainly available one way or the other throughout the year. So, I mean, the St. Louis blues is definitely a, a, a bit of a gold mine when it comes to, you know, if you got an injury or you're, you're looking to just kind of switch things up a little bit, that's for that particular evening, whatever it may be. Um, St. Louis has definitely been uh, one hell of a team to keep an eye on. And sure. Like for, great, for great a point, non, guys. I'm going to throw a non quantifiable stat out there right now, but I just, it's a feel kind of a thing. Like every time I stream one of these guys, whether it's Kairou, Buchnevich, I guess is more of a points league guy because he, he literally brings nothing on the periphery side, but yeah, even like yeah. a, a Braden Shen, like these guys clutch up on the weekend. They're, for some reason, they're not putting their points up on like Monday and Tuesday or whenever. Like I just serious? find whenever they're scoring, really? I've had so many Sunday hammers with St. Louis players and uh, just weekend performances. They just did it this past weekend. Yeah, was it Tory Kirk? Yeah. had four or five assists. Well, yes, yeah. that's it's true. Thomas goals. Like I'm just saying, they, they Tom, just they've Tom been the hammer a for a lot of teams. Sorry, Mike. I think Thomas had a four point nine two goal and three assists or whatever. What like anyway. They they they've been something for sure. That's for that that's just putting this out there. Jake Neighbors also is second or sorry no tied for first oh. with eighteen goals. Where the hell did he come from? Uh, five assists, but still eighteen goals. That's pretty impressive. He throws that body too, does he? He's not? a little bit of everything, and he's on the second line yeah. and first line power play. So right now, I mean, if you got the room and if you're really heavy on goals in your fantasy league, that is a great guy to look at because nobody's looking at that. He's twenty one years old, I believe. It's his second year, so not too shabby. Um, so I'm just going to throw this idea out there. This might not make any sense, but cause he's available. Tarasenko in St. Louis. Does that make sense? <laughs> Do they go back? They go to well, I guess Barube's not there. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe now it makes a little bit more sense, right? That's right. The chiefs out of town and, and they bring him back. So just <laughs> one more guy to put the puck in the back of the net. And because I don't see St. Louis slowing down the way things are going in St. Louis, like you want to continue this, this, they're going in the right direction. They're going to end up in a much better spot than they are right now, which I believe is, is it the second wild card? 
It is. Um, and like they've won four of their last five. And that one loss, oh my God, that's a weird one, eh? Against Columbus, one nothing. That's a weird one. Um, so that's an outlier. So the rest of the way, uh, they got Toronto, they get 7-2 Montreal, 3-1 Buffalo. That's another question mark there. 4-3 against you know Los Angeles, and then 4-3 against St. Uh, Seattle. So St. Louis, I think, is going to do something. It's probably not going to be Tarasenko. I just thought that was kind of funny that he's technically available. Um, but yeah, I see them being some some something of a buyer, probably a, a big move expected to come from them. Because like I said, a lot of people are already comparing them to 2019. Because they kind of came from behind in the sense and then just carried. Ryan O'Reilly was a big deal for that team, too. And Bennington's oh, yeah. been Bennington. Good? Oh my God. Dare I say it? I, Oof. I mean, no, I, think just I was calling it. for that dude's collapse yep. all season. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, he was, no, he, it last two years, right? Like it, it was a real, real yeah. disappointment. And last year, kind of coming to a point with his behavior on the ice. And then even the coach calling him out at one point saying, just stop with the antics and just stop the pucks. So it really seemed like, and, and this is not to make light of anything, but it, it, I, I honestly felt like he was headed for the NHL PA player assistance program. That was the yes. body language that I was seeing on the ice, the behavior of everything. It's like, man, this guy's life is just crumbling from the top of that contract onto him, right? With all that pressure mounting. But man, has he ever impressed this year and really just turned everything around. And he's one of the major reasons why uh, one of the other owners in our in our fantasy draft is actually, he dresses him probably every, like Joed probably dresses him every week, Mike, I would say, probably pretty close to it anyways. Oh yeah. So he's just been that kind of reliable um, goaltender, especially down the stretch. And, and, and you know what? I kind of wanted to get your, uh, your viewpoints on this two boys as the last thing uh, uh, before we head off for break here. Um, the player assistance program, there is a ton, a ton of players that seem to be, uh, seem to be heading into that program over the past few weeks here. I know that line, was one of them. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe, uh, Val Nishushkin out in Colorado was another over the past few weeks too. Um, uh, someone listen, else guys, Colorado. I mean, no, uh, no, no specific question with it guys, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts or any, any kind of feelings in regards to that? Uh, uh, off was the past, other one. Uh, I want to say a couple yeah, Sam past couple of months here. Yeah. Sammy yes, Gerard too. Yeah. True. What are your thoughts on that boys? Alan, if, yeah. I mean, if you got a, a few comments, go ahead. I've okay. No, I was about to say, you definitely this, nailed though. it out of the park earlier. Um, but no, I definitely think, uh, like we were talking about before the show started, definitely that stigma around mental health kind of lifted a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And the resources are just available now. Um, but it doesn't help that we definitely get bombarded social media these days. Like some of these players have to shut their accounts off yeah. on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, like yeah. for a few days after something crazy happens, just because yeah. it's just so toxic. It is. It really is. Yeah. Like it just feels like there's some light being shone in some of the darker corners of sports in general. And uh, it's a little bit more okay for people to, uh, to, to speak up. We mentioned a little bit earlier, as we were saying, you know, it's a really vulnerable position to put yourself in, especially when you're in a, I would assume, you know, these guys are mega stars. They're expected to be leaders. They're expected to be role yeah. models. Basically everything to do with their life is built around expectations. And when you start to feel mentally that you're not meeting those expectations, uh, that's gotta be a very, very difficult spot to be in. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. The league is investing in this. I think, I mean, from a human aspect for sure um the business aspect here too these this is these are your players this is your league these are your assets how are yeah. you not investing the roi 
on the investment of having those resources available for these players in terms of making them feel like they can be themselves and and deal what they have to deal with that's got to be massive in terms of what the actual check writing cost of that is so i just think overall it makes a lot of sense and like we mentioned like the nhl is a melting pot for all the right reasons uh, now more than ever and because of that you know i think our vantage point matters and i think we've done a lot of heavy lifting you know here in north america really about uh being okay to, to to be vulnerable and talk about mental health issues but I mean, I think that vantage point might look very different if you were born in Europe or if you were born in, in Russia or born anywhere else around the world where maybe that's not quite um, as common of an opinion. So, no. I mean, I think overall it's a good thing. Um, players seem to be like, it's nice to see them coming in and coming out of it as well too. So yeah, it seems like yeah. there's some real structure around it and w- whatever is taking them into that program and i think the league does a really good job of keeping a very tight cone of silence on that unless the player wants to actually speak up about it uh, that's their prerogative yeah. but i think overall they do a good job and uh players are coming out of that and 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 recontributing to their teams and being the the people that they were so i i think overall it's really good i'm, I'm glad it's expanding um and I, I think just overall something like that more hands up is probably a good thing unless because we know like these issues are everywhere it's not isolated to sport it has nothing to do with how much money you make it has nothing to do with where you were born it has everything to do with just being a human and dealing with all the things that we have to deal with so um, it, it, i guess maybe in a weird way it, it also makes the league a little bit more approachable i think for people yeah. we put athletes on these pedestals right for all these these reasons some good and some bad but Imagine somebody going through something difficult and being able to look at, you know, maybe somebody they look up to or idolize and be like, holy shit, that person goes through the same kind of thing that right. I was or they struggle. Like, so it's a good point. Anyways, not to get long winded, no, 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 but I think it's, it's, no, it's no, a great, no, absolutely not. It's a great trend to, to see overall. I mean, because we know everybody struggles. It's not because there's something wrong with hockey and these people are putting their hands up and saying it. it's that yeah. they're human beings and they have lives and things going on. And, yeah. you know, every now and then everything crashes together and people need some help. And what's great about and, and what's great about the points you're making, too, is that especially as it relates to hockey, because, yeah, on the one side, the the mental health stigma has really been lifted in hockey. They've really been, you know, open and, and, and accommodating to that concept. But we're all aware of the culture of hockey, especially in Canada, especially North America, and and what that actually means. A lot of us know, you know, sort of the the unwritten things and the ugly sides. And actually, maybe what you were alluding to earlier was like the darker sides of hockey. Um, and those are kinds of the aspects where that, you know, that leans into mental health big time. So that culture, which is counter to what the NHLPA program, the player assistant program is. So those two worlds kind of clashing and colliding a little bit is a healthy thing. Because it, again, it, it reminds people that like we can't continue with the way the culture of hockey and the way it's been for nope. so, so long. It needs to change at the root level. So the NHLPA Players Assistance Program and these players... Particularly out, in Canada. Particularly in Canada, yeah. Especially, again, with the... Uh, I think we're all aware of the 2018 Team Canada, what's going on there. I don't want to yeah. necessarily get into that, but I'm just saying you're right, Mike, too. Especially with the Team Canada, growing up in, in Canada and seeing it all around me in terms of what the, that culture felt like. Um, yeah, not the greatest atmosphere for sure. So it's good to see players using it. And I, Mike, I, or sorry, Maddie, what you had pointed out earlier was that I know it's the player's prerogative to whether or not they want to make these kinds of announcements, but I like that the announcements come out. 
They don't, I'm not ex- I'm not suggesting that they go out of their way to make a big announcement, but I, it's not that I like knowing that they're struggling, but I like knowing that they're okay with seeking help and, and, and reaching yes. out and asking for help and going for that. That most of the time will be enough for someone else to someone else who's going through issues going, you know what? I should ask for help too. If this guy has to, or this guy feels he needs to, and he's okay to do it, maybe I should be doing it too. And I like that. I, it's not, again, I don't want to suggest that people should do that or feel that they have to. It's just, it's nice to see that, you know, hockey players are people too, and they need that help just as much as anybody else. It's just good to, to have that in the airwaves, right? Because for someone who's sitting at home and, 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 you know, Maddie, you alluded to it. And if you're struggling and, and you see, you know, these professional athletes making all of this money, you know, they're adored by, a, by their home. Uh, they're adored by all sorts of fans or home fans in particular, obviously. But if, if someone can see that, so I, I totally agree with you there, Marty, like having that, uh, um, you know, spilling some ink on that, allows for maybe somebody who's sitting in that dark corner and, and is struggling to to you know uh get up off off their off their rear ends and go and seek the help that that they do need so that to have that out there it certainly is helpful for for all those that do need it for sure um all right well if the i think we all in agreement mental health going out asking for help good thing positive excellent um I think, uh, I don't know, I think this pretty much wraps up the nice little segment with the boys here. What do you think, Mike? I think so, my friend. I'm in the mood for a break. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I think I should go break something. (laughs) That's not the same thing. Sounds like a plan. Well, listen, uh, Maddie, Alan, again, we want to take a few minutes here and and let let you know that we appreciate you guys coming on. Some great, great yeah. talk here, going over lots of lots of stuff. A lot of meat on the bone this week with the uh, teams coming back, players coming back off the break. Um, great to have you guys in here. We'll certainly love to get you guys back on again. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep Craig off to the sidelines as usual. Um, we'll just, you know, you guys are fine. Craig, sorry, bud, didn't work out. Just talk some good. goalies, and but, you'll um... just hear his head explode from a distance. <laughs> That's good. To our list, no, we, really well, we will take it, a fellas. Honestly, opportunity was great. Cool. Um, you've got a great audience. We appreciate being a part of it. And uh, yeah, we're just having a hell of a lot of fun talking. Yeah, about yeah. You, always. Um, and and excited to be a part of this. Cool. Well, thanks again, boys. And uh, I'm sure we'll get you on uh, down the road at some point for sure. Um, Marty, as long as you're okay with it, I think we'll go ahead and take a small commercial break. We'll hear a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The time is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we're back. We are back. Oh man, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Listen, I, so I, I nice. won't I won't I won't take up too much time, Maddie, Alan. Yeah. Thank you very much, boys, for coming on the show. Loved having you on. Now, having said that, let's bang this out in regards to check my fanny. Um, let's. You know what? <laughs> Changes up top. Let's put it that way. Changes yeah. up top. Uh, the Royals obviously did what they needed to do. Does that uh, hurt, Mike? They beat up on me. Okay. Well, yeah. I shouldn't even say beat. Not I beat really up. It was close. It was right to Sunday. Uh, it was close, but it still sucked balls. <laughs> um, so, so the Royals are now in first uh, with our current standings at 13 and four. Uh, Joel actually had a little bit of a hiccup last yeah. week uh, against your dad and uh, falls one game behind uh, the Royals. So he's at 12 and five. I'm sputtering a little bit here over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you're in the uh, same spot, though. You're one. basically in the same spot. You've fallen a game yeah, further so, because so, of the Royals, but you're not. You're still in third. So, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I basically it's getting pretty close to me having Tomos win out here, especially with uh, the teams that uh, that the top top teams will be playing over the next few right. weeks. Uh, Pond Hogs had a pretty good week last week. They're back at 500, 8, 8, and, eight, eight and 1. Uh, the Cougars had a. Uh, I want to say big win, but it wasn't really a big win. <laughs> it was the lowest scoring game that I've seen in quite some time between both you and the Cougars. Cougars came out on top and sit at eight, not eight and nine on the season. Uh, Buccaneers with their win against the Apocalypse now at six, ten and one. Demons fell this week and find themselves at five, eleven and one. And the Brigands uh, sit in last place at three, twelve and two. Uh, so. Lots, mo- lots going on at the top it's, here. Uh, switch up yeah. top. Joel is not like seasons in the past. Not place. like seasons we're used to, right? Like this is really come. This no, is no, really this boiling is... down to three teams. So yeah, this is definitely yeah. And if I don't get my act together, it's going to be boiling down to two teams. <laughs> Soon, and it fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so I better get my shit together here and figure it out. But uh, trade deadline coming up, so yeah. who knows? Uh, maybe making a call over to the Brigands here pretty soon and seeing what you got for me. I don't know what you're talking about. So, with that said. <laughs> Shall we move on to Beauties and the Beast? We shall. Beauties and the Beast? We shall. Here we go. Um, who starts this week? Uh, am I starting or are you going to give it Do a go? Do you remember who started last week by any chance? Because I don't. I can't. I can't. I want to think it was like me, but. Last week? I can't I remember. I can barely remember what happened last night. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know what? I'm going to do it. it. I'm doing right. it. We're going We're going with Pius Suter as my first beauty this week. Um, for all of you who do not remember what team he plays for, he plays for the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> he's got seven points in his last 10 games. He's got three in his last five. I mean, look, he's playing on that second line right now with Peterson, and I don't care oh, what yeah. line you want to call it, first, second, third. If I'm beside Peterson, good. to me, that's prime deployment, yeah. and I'm more than fine with that. He he really is fitting Tockett's system well. Yes. I, I And I, I, point, I point this out because... This has been kind of a bit of a journeyman. He's been out in uh, Detroit. Uh, I think he was actually part of that Ronick deal, and he might have been. I'm not 100%. Uh, all that being said, this is just that type of player who does fit into a certain coach's system very well. Um, I'm a super, super streaming option all year long for this guy. Yeah. Uh, centering the second power play unit on top of that as well. So Don't listen, I mean, 
you know, we, we tend to like to give you a lot of the time the our beauties and beasts are kind of guys that you can stream in and out when it comes to injuries or whenever you've got, you know, something maybe kind of coming down to games played or whatever that may be. This is certainly someone that you want to keep an eye on over the next little while. As long as he's uh, um, lining up beside Peterson, keep going. Somebody's going to have to give him the puck, or some, or or, or Peterson's going to get the puck to you. Yeah. So, one way or the other, um, he's going to be productive, and he has been over the last little while. So, Pius Suter, you are my first beauty this week. Uh, a couple of veteran players, the next two, um, both having pretty. Four years on the overall, when you look at it uh, as a whole. But having said that, both of these players are starting to heat up a little bit. And um, for the, for any general managers out there who have been waiting for this, it has been a long time coming. <laughs> We're first talking about Jonathan Huberto. It's, it hasn't been a great no. year. Let's face it, 31 points in 51 games. That being said, he's got eight points in his last 10. He's got five in his last five. Starting to heat up a little bit here, and there has been somewhat of an uptick since the Lindholm deal. Yep. So you got to wonder if there was some sort of something that wasn't jiving there, one way, shape, or form. Um, but having said that, he continues to be deployed on the first line uh, and the team's first power play unit as well. That's where we would want that guy. I mean, you're not paying him upwards of what eight million or whatever it is for nothing. So. Um, he, he's got, you know, Kuzmenko coming into the picture seems to have brought some levity, levity to this club, keeping the guys loose. It's a lighter atmosphere. And I do wonder if that is actually helping things a little bit. Seems like it. Kind of funny that uh, Al, Alan kind of uh, mentioned it um, in our Around the Board segment. Uh, addition by subtra subtraction, yeah. right? Yeah, that's Lindholm a good call. goes out and you got to want, and even though, yes, you are adding with Kuzmenko, but you just got to kind of wonder if just the makeup of the team is a little bit better guys are jiving a little bit more whatever the case may be yeah. um the only other thing that i have to say about huberto is yes he's playing well but this might this might be the type of player who could potentially be a drop at the end of the year here for many managers <coughs> i mean some you know i could see some wanting to hold on especially sure. depending on the parameters of your league um but with us in our league we can you know we have rosters of 25 yeah. we will be holding 12 with an extra three future stars if we so choose um, so off, obviously it's a question that needs to be asked. For I think sure. it's justifiable um, to drop him. I, I do. I, so I think, I, I, in an I, argument, I think, so I think you can see that being done just as easily as you can keep him. I think you can drop. I him. mean, you, I mean, you can't, as that manager, you can't sit there and worry about the other guy reaping the benefits. I mean, cause that happens every yeah. year and whether it's a Jonathan Huberto or whatever other players we want to use that happen to fit that bill this year it's going to happen no matter yeah, what yeah and look so, at it this way if you drop um, him whoever's picking him up it's a risk picking him up no that it's high risk high reward yeah. right that's definitely where we are at with with Huberto for yeah. sure and we're certainly at that with the next player that also, i have in my uh, very much. in in my beauties as well and that's Johnny Goudreau. kind of the same deal here man like pretty pedestrian numbers this year 34 points in 51 games again that being said he is heating up right now, too. Yeah. Nine points in his last 10, five in his last five. Um, you know, as one would expect, he's getting prime deployment on the team's first line as well as the first power play, same as Huberto. And again, with the money that you're paying these guys, I'm sorry, but if I'm, you know, Coach Vincent out in, in Columbus or any part of that management team, and the same thing with, with Calgary's management team or Ryan Husk as the coach, I'm sorry. We're paying you large amounts of money, large sums of money. You, you, 
I'm I'm not going to take you off the first power play. Better not. Like you would have to do something ridiculous yeah. for me to do yeah. that. Like no no, we're putting you out there. As a matter of fact, I may even put you out on the penalty. Yeah, you should. Going to get some. Going to get my money's worth. Hundred percent. That's for damn yep. sure. And, and and again, I kind of go down the same road I do I did with uh, Huberto. Is Goudreau that type of player that's a drop at the end of the year? I yeah. think it kind of falls <clears throat> very much, much into the same parameters. Yeah. High risk, high reward. Yeah. It's not like you can worry about you know another guy benefiting from him having a resurgence. You're going to be able to find those players yourself in in, in your your league's next entry draft or or whatever kind of parameters you're picking your players mm-hmm. from. Um, so you know what, Udro Huberto, it's about time that you guys start heating up. That being said, still not sure if you're going to be at, uh, held that year's end from any of these teams. Um, hey, we'll uh, we'll let the games play out. And we'll see what happens. Those are my three beauties. My beast this week and. This one was a little tough, I got to say, Marty, because he's a beast comparative, compared to what he has done in, early in his career so right. far. We're talking, about, we're talking about Mo Sider out in Detroit, defenseman. He's not having a horrible year, Marty. No. 26 points in 51 games. Now, keeping in mind, I want to say his first two years, I think his rookie year he had 50 points, yep. and I want to say he had 43 points 42. up. In his second year. So the pace just is doesn't seem to be exactly there this year. Right. Um Gosta Spear is definitely eating into some of his power play production without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um and, and has supplanted the big German on on the first power play unit. Um again, there's that decline in production year over year, which just kind of begs the question of where we're headed yeah. here. Like you know, hey, listen, far be it for me to say that the guy's done. I mean, he could come back next year and he could be your, you know, the next 60 point sure. defenseman, if you will, or the next sure. one to that stratosphere, so to speak. It's a team that's an up and coming yeah. team. So 22 years old. Th- this isn't one of these things where it's like you got to drop the guy or, oh my God, he's been horrible. But we're talking about what he has done so far in his young right. career and what he's doing this year. There is a little bit of a letdown. There is a little bit of a disappointment. And you know what, Mo? You're, you're in my beast this week. Who knows? Maybe you're out next week. Mark. Yeah, and it, we'll it, it's beast because overall, from a fantasy perspective, it's not where you would hope his third year would he's be. He's not cratering, right? No, exactly. It's just after the first season, especially rookie season, 50 points coming in as a defenseman on a terrible Detroit team. Um, you know, and then last year, the, the Detroit, you know, taking maybe in theory taking a step forward, but still being a terrible team. Um, he didn't put up terrible numbers back to back seasons. Third year. They went out, made some moves, got some more offense, got a little bit better. Not necessarily translating into anything for Mo. So that's where the disappointment is. And I think that's where he belongs in the beast category, only because the expectations are, are starting to you know what? get there. That's it. And it, it, really come, it really comes down to expectations. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think anybody who had him at the start of the year, you know, I, I, I would venture to say if I was his owner, I would have probably been looking at something in that 48, 49, 50, yes. 51, 52-ish. Yeah. So, so there's your disappointment. I yeah. mean, again, I, I, I want to kind of make sure I, I, I let everybody know that he hasn't had a horrible year. No, it just comes but he's on pace for... Kids already he's done. on pace for 41, which would be one point less than last year. So that'd be three years. So 50, 42, 41. Of, decline, of declining numbers. That's not so, good. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the, it's not what you're looking no. for no especially when you're playing playing fantasy hockey right. but that being said 
you know, Mo, we, we will we will hold off judgment any longer. We'll just kind of hold off on that. We'll see what you do over the next little bit. But right now, you are my beast, buddy. Marty, you're up, bro. Dylan Strom on pace with 31 goals. I talked about him earlier. Mm. So, uh, and he's uh, he's got four points his last four games. So, one thing you got to respect about the kid's game, and he is a kid. Uh, he's only 26 years old. He's consistently productive. Maybe not wildly productive, but maybe that's because he's been on some bad teams. I believe he came into Arizona and then Chicago, and he is at, on a terrible Washington team currently. Um, so sure he's next to Ovi, but this year's Ovi is not the same as other years Ovi. So last year they were productive together and Strom actually enjoyed his best season with 65 points. I wanted to put him here because on a team that lives and dies on Ovi's stick, this kid is about to produce his best season in goals production at 31 if he continues with this pace. So that says a lot to me and I think he deserves a lot more credit than what, what he's being given. Again, this kid produces pretty much everywhere he goes. It's just not... It's not wildly productive. It's not overly productive. But in my opinion, mm -hmm. in the places that he's been used, he's overproducing. He's doing things that he probably shouldn't really be doing. He's getting numbers that he probably shouldn't be getting just because there's no one around him. And there's really never been anybody around him. He's really been doing it all on his own, which is very fucking impressive for a 26-year-old. You know what, Marty? He falls into that solid streaming category big 100%. time. Like, this is that type of guy that kind of is in and out. You, you know, you can get over to your free agent uh, list. Yep. Usually he's just kind of sitting there. So, and, and and like you say, Marty, for that type of a player, he produces. Yes. Like, w when we're talking about, I'm not talking about your McKinnon category and your elites. No, 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 I'm no. I'm talking about your, 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 your good, solid streaming type of players. Right. He, he's, he, he's, he's at the, pretty much at the top of that heat. Yeah. I mean, he's this will be his, this is his third year in a row with 20 plus goals again, 22 in Chicago, 23 last year with Washington, and he's on pace for 31 that when you I when mean, you score 30 dude, goals in the NHL, there's that's nothing to sneeze at. You're no, it's you're not. you're in good company. I couldn't have put it any better myself. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I'm speaking of, you know, things going in the right direction. Slavkovsky. I think I think oh. you'll appreciate this since you've gone out of your way to put oh. the, to prop up the Bruins last week. I figured it was only fair to give some love to the Canadians, and honestly, oh, Slash deserves more love. You've got to be happy with his progress this year. Streaky, sure, but still, he's on track to almost quadruple his offensive output from last year. The future is absolutely bright with this still under twenty year old kid. This will absolutely go down as a great as a great pick. And I don't even think I talked about his numbers. 10 goals, 14 assists, 24 points in 52 games. Again, he's on pace to quadruple his rookie numbers. If you're not happy about your player quadrupling his production from one season to the next, there's something wrong with you. And Slav is still so young. There's so much on the bone for this kid. So honestly, I, I think people need to take a huge, especially a lot of you Montreal Canadiens fans, take a huge step back and appreciate this kid while you can. Because if, he, if you continue to harp and push him down, after his contract is up, he may ask to leave. He may not want to be there. And then you're going to see him flourish in an area that's not so media-centric, right? Where he doesn't have that kind of pressure yeah. coming from the media. And then he'll just take off. Or you can... Really do it the right way and appreciate him for what he is right now, which is a great young player who's only getting better year in and year out. So, you know what, Slavkovsky, you're my number two, deservingly. Well, 
when it comes to Slav, I mean, obviously a little bit biased here, fan of the team, uh, loved the pick, um, especially when they made that move for Doc at, at right. that same draft. I really, really liked yeah. that, uh, especially because Shane Wright was a centerman, so I was kind of leaning towards that centerman. Right. So we took care of that, and listen, I mean, we we know what these bigger guys – Listen, it's not it's not going to happen in year one. It's not even going to happen in year no. two. This guy has got to grow into his yeah. body. You can start to see the confidence coming. Yeah. And, and, you know, I talked about it last week with our boy Seth Jarvis, you know, and yeah. just the massive amount of swag that this son of a bitch has. <laughs> and, and, I, and if I'm other teams, I'm starting to worry because I'm starting to see Slavkovsky working that swagger into his game a little now Be careful yeah uh, before i go any further folks there are small little flashes but you can start to That's see it important. you can start to see him becoming comfortable in the league he's only going to become comfortable like, remember this guy's like six foot he's 19 years yeah. old first of all i think he may be, what maybe turning 20 or is 20 uh, uh at this point turning 20 this year in like, march this, so in, like soon this, this guy has got so much uh, bodybuilding to, to, to or body development even uh, yet to come. Listen, more than happy with the progression, more than happy with the development. This is this to me is going exactly the way it should. Nobody's rushing anybody. I mean, he's he's not the the be all and end all focus of the Montreal Canadiens in regards to offense. Yeah. So you know what, and it's only going to get better uh, over the over the next uh, little so. while, especially whenever Do I know Doc's out for basically the year. Yeah. But once his team kind of comes back in October, they got all the pieces kind of ready to yeah. go. Another year older, you know, you continue to learn. I, I just think that this is going completely in the right direction, Good. and I love to see it. Love it to see it for the team. Love to see it for the player. Good. And my beast, well, it's not a player, so much as it's two players. And it's a moment. Oh, wait a minute. Did you did you go over our friend Jake Neighbors? Oh, sorry, you're right. I did not. No, good call. Thank you. Jake Neighbors. 18 goals, 5 assists, 23 points in 51 games on just 14 minutes. This is a sneaky, risky choice, but currently this 21-year-old has been put into the second line, like I mentioned, even strength and first power play on a team that has been rising quickly since they fired Barube. His top line pairing may not last, but it may last since it's clearly working. So three goals and one assist in his last two games. He's clearly a finisher for a team sitting 11th in the conference in goals four, so you kind of need those finishers. So I don't necessarily see this um, this assignment shifting for him. I see this actually working out because like I said, he's set, he's tied for first on the team in goals. So why would you mess this up right now? He's one of your only players who is actually putting the, the puck in the back of the net. So keep it up, keep it going. And Jake neighbors is honestly, he was not on my radar until I started looking into him yesterday. So this is uh this is a very sneaky pick 21 years old. St. Louis, St. Louis has got themselves a nice little gem. And you know what, Marty, Look, I mean, as fantasy managers, would we love to see like 18 goals and maybe 20 assists, you know, even things out a little sure. bit? Sure you would. But l let's call it what it is. In, in real life, what wins hockey games is putting the puck in, in, into the basket, getting go. it done, burying it. it. And this guy is doing it to the tune of 18 goals so far this year in 51 games. 
Like, dude, you're in the NHL. That's impressive. Averaging 14 minutes a game, too. So that's not a whole lot of time to, to, to score 18 goals in 51 games. That's very impressive. So worthy consideration, especially for keeper leagues out there. Um, I kind of wish I had my eye on him mm-hmm. sooner because maybe I would have taken one uh, during the uh, midseason. But listen, going into the entry draft next year, he might be someone that people need to, especially the younger teams looking to build or rebuild, I should say. Um, Jake Neighbors kind of fits that uh, that spot. I love goal scorers. Every team needs a good goal scorer. Uh, they, need to, they need to be on your team so you can win. And Looks like the Blues have another. Uh, they, absolutely. Um, so yes, sorry. And, uh, I, I guess I kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit with my, my beast. It is two players in mm-hmm. a sense, but it's about a moment. So the, uh, Morgan Riley versus Greg situation. So listen, Greg knew exactly what he was doing when he slapped the hell out of that puck into the open net. He knew it was going to rub the entire team the wrong way and the fan base. And that's exactly what he did. Judge that on its own if you want. My personal opinion is absolutely fine with it as long as he understood that he was opening himself up to a nasty reaction. If he claims he's pissed that there was even a reaction, then I've got a problem with Greg. But all indications are that Greg knew exactly what was going to come out of this. Now flip it to the other guy, Morgan Riley. If you need to do something about it, that's fine. I get it. That's part of the unwritten rules. I'm not a big fan of unwritten rule stuff, but I get it. But a cross-check a cross check to the face? Absolutely not. And I don't understand how that's even debatable. There's a right way and a wrong way to stand up for your team, to show that you have pride and that opponents need to respect your team. But anyone defending this is part of the culture problem that still exists in hockey. That was a Bush League move by a player I held to a higher regard than that. And obviously, I was wrong. But this is exactly the kind of stuff that needs to get out. And I think it's one of the big problems with hockey and in sports is the unwritten rule stuff. Because the unwritten rule stuff doesn't have, it's it's exactly what it is. It's unwritten, right? So you can't turn to it and say, you can react this way and that's fine. Because you can justify unwritten rules. You can just you can justify this kind of behavior because it's, you get to just turn around and say, oh, well, it's an unwritten rule. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's absolutely absurd. That's completely fucking stupid. That's part of the problem. These unwritten rule things, it's like it's like the Wild West. You're you're allowing players to act beyond the set rules of the league, which are there in place to protect both the league and the players. So when you're justifying and allowing unwritten rules to become the lead player in a situation, then you're allowing wild, wild west kind of stuff. That's when you allow people to get seriously injured, people to have their careers ended, people to have long-term effects from stupid decisions. So I'm sorry, but you can't defend this kind of move. And if it was, if it was flipped around and Greg had done it to O'Reilly, or to Riley, I would be saying the exact same thing. It has nothing to do with the Maple Leafs versus the Ottawa Senators. Absolutely not. And I know some people are looking at, was it Steve Chason did it to Toronto a few years back? It was disgusting then. It's disgusting now. Stop using other examples and saying, we'll see that happen there to us too. That, that, that That doesn't justify anything. It just shows how stupid the unwritten rules are. So just well, I stop mean, defending it. For, for, for me, the big thing for me is Morgan Riley. Why would you put yourself and your team in a situation where now you're going to be gone for the next six games? Yeah, there are better ways to handle you're this. In, you're in a dog. You're you're in a dog fight right now. 
Um, yes. I, I wish I knew exactly with where Toronto sat. But there are, um, so right now they're, they're kind of one point ahead in the wild card spot. Um, so they're they're not sitting comfortably in anything right now. And and that kind of that's my point is like if you're going to pull if you're going to pull a move like that, don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be. And I'm sorry, man. Like, okay, miss one game, that's fine, I suppose. But I mean, you're going to be missing upwards of two weeks here. Yeah. Um. Listen, we we all know the emotions run high when it's Toronto and Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Um, I I have absolutely no problem with Ridley Gregg hammering the hell out of that. Puck. Not at all. I he mean, knows what he's doing. It's a big win. For, it's a, it's a big win for the Senators. And right. They they all know. They all know what they all yeah. know. And, and 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 for that matter, Morgan, if you're not happy about it, then win the fucking yeah. team. Play fucking better. That's it. Or like, don't wait, put yourself. Wait in till the-, the next game. And then drop the gloves. It, Marty couldn't have said it better. Marty couldn't have said it better. Turn to him and say, "Hey, bud, I'll remember what you just did." Yeah. Tell him. Let him know. Let you, him you, wait you, and anticipate for that next game. Let him worry for weeks until the next that, time you see each other, where he's now nervous about it. Get in his head. But going at him with a cross check, he's laughing now. It 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 it, it was the immature yeah. play yeah. to make. Um, he, it's going to cost him. It's going to cost, gonna cost that the team, team now. Uh, Marty, you you and I know you you know more than anybody how I feel about the Maple Leafs. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I don't like their I don't like the roster construction. I think it's brutal. And I mean, Morgan Riley is your best defense. Yep. On a and, team and to, with shitty goaltending, keep that in mind. Like I just <laughs> on a team that went out and signed at, Domi and Bertuzzi, they're complaining about this. I like, just come. like. A, like like I understand the emotions run high, and he probably, you know, it, it's a moment, and 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 maybe he couldn't couldn't stop himself in that moment, and it just happened, whatever. But you you have to be better. You have to. You have to be better. And you know what? I I echo your sentiments, Marty. I think Ridley smokes that puck into the net, and I think if I'm Riley, I take that. I just take that big turn over in front underneath my net, and as you're kind of coming up the boards, you just kind of give him the look yeah. back, and you know, just yeah, it's coming. I, I know what you did. You know what you yep. did. You got to come back to Scotia Bank up in Toronto at some yep. point. They were they were in Ottawa. So again, all the more reason for Greg to do what he did in Ottawa. Get the sure. crowd. Like I, I I'm all in regards to the actual play. I'm more than fine. Absolutely, that I have absolutely zero issues. With. The only thing I have a pro the only thing I have a problem with is how Morgan Riley decided to deal yep. with this. And you know what? For all I know, at the end of the year. This could cost the Toronto Maple Leafs a playoff it could. spot. And congratulations, Greg. You and, really did it well then. That's at uh, the end of the day, and, if Toronto misses the playoffs, yeah. Congratulations, Greg. Wow. You did exactly what you set out to do was to not just get under their skin, but ruin their season. Congratulations. Well done. And that can be that finger can be pointed at two players at that point. Greg and Riley. Riley, you screwed it up. Yeah, if you cost your team any any games because of your because you're not there again, remember this team is struggling like with nets with goalies, and your de- your best defense is going to take themselves out. Like, come on, and and they already they are kind of thin on 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 D yes. as well. So I mean, anyway, bad bad move yeah. from from Riley. He's going to pay for it. It looks like it's going to be a, I think with an in person. I think it's is it five or it's more? Five or, or is it six? Ooh, or I thought more? it was five, but you could be right. Maybe it's six. 
Okay. But it's significant. Either way, the guy's missing the better part of the next two weeks. And uh, you know what? We'll see what the Leafs can get done here without their number one defenseman and power play, uh, a power play quarterback as well. So we'll see how it all figures itself out. But I'll tell you what, I I would say that that is episode 20. It certainly is. Well done. Now, I got to, we certainly got to say, that this obviously could not happen unless uh, it was brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And, of course, our fine sponsors, DraftKings. Boys, Kings. Sorry, yes. <laughs> as as usual, make sure you head over to uh, whatever, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give us a rate and review. That would definitely be uh, a so. great service to us. We would certainely appreciate that. And if you get a chance, go over to uh, Goalie Post and uh, check out my uh, second article in... Uh, See what you think. And just a Let reminder that uh, we had two very special guests on today from Five Hole Hockey Fantasy. Go ahead and check them out because it's a great pairing. You listen to them. You listen to us. I do believe you have the great marriage right there uh, to really do some damage in your fantasy hockey league. Uh, but they were some terrific guests today. So another thank you out there. Thanks, Maddie. Um, Thanks, to Alan. Maddie and Alan. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And there she be. Episode 20. Bada bing. Bada boom. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.